I haven't seen you in real life uh, in a yeah. long time. In a long in time. Long time. Well, you look um, really good. Oh, well, thank you. I got Botox, so I'm back to normal. I was wondering. You look really like. Yeah, girl. She was. Listen, I didn't know. I didn't realize I was depressed until I got Botox, and I wasn't depressed. I was like, oh, I was depressed. I want to do Botox, but I just. It's. I'm. I don't know. I haven't had time to schedule it. I've just been like, I need to get it. I need to get it done. Well, judging yeah. how complicated it was to get you for 40 minutes on here, I understand you're very pissy. Um, let's go ahead and do the show. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Tony Soto Show. My name is Tony Soto. Joining me, and just joining me, the only one joining me right now is uh, Maxwell Esposito. Maxwell! Oh my gosh, hello, it is me. I am the only one joining you, and it feels really great. I have a smoothie. Yeah, good. I um, I had I worked out today. Things feel great. It's a great yeah. day. Feeling fit, feeling it's nourished. Great, it's a great uh, hump day. I got a spray tan last week, and nothing can fucking stop me. <laughs> So that's the that's the rage is the tan line this this year is that what we're is that the is that the new uh, craze <laughs> of the gays is that the new gay craze? Ew. Okay. So first off, I would never truly request a tan line. I my girlfriend from college is picking up her business and she offered me a spray tan if uh she could take pictures and anybody Uh who's listened to this podcast more than one time knows I have no problem being naked in front of people so I was like I'll let you fucking spray tan me to take some naked pictures girlfriend I love you and so she came over and she was like but you have to do tan lines because I need to show people the contrast yeah the contrast absolutely so I was like okay I mean I'm still going to be bronzed and beautiful. And it was so beautiful. I, the, I mean, uh, the tan line definitely released an endorphin. So I don't know if I would feel the same way. Like what I, kind, like, like a good endorphin? Like, like you felt yes, positive oh my, about well, it? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, because I asked her, I told her, I was like, well, I want to be somewhere between, like, I want people to know I was tanned, but I don't uh-huh. want to be problematic. So like, find a nice like middle area. Like, you know, I'm not trying to go for that. Like Ariana Grande, uh, Kim Kardashian, you know, like kind yeah, of definitely. Yeah. like Raven, you know, like the blackface. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Definitely a little bit of tan illusion, if you know what I mean. So she was like, okay, well, I'll definitely get you what you want. And that she gave me what I wanted. I was. And is she based here in LA? Obviously. Uh Obviously. Velvet Velvet Tan on Instagram, the Velvet Tan. If you're looking for a spray tan, she airbrushed me that house down. And I mean, yeah, no, it released that like endorphin of like, oh my God, I, I was in the sun all weekend, even though I wasn't. I like there was that moment of like I worked to get this spray t- this tan I was I'm so tan I mean I told people I moved to Hawaii to get tan when people that, were like when I couldn't tell people at the beginning why I was moving there uh, I was like I was just like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm just doing it because I just want to be tan like I just want to get a tan and I would have believed that and I would have believed that nonsense because you're ridiculous for sure 
I mean, people did believe it. And people were like, oh, okay. How are you? You look tan. Is yours a natural tan? Um, I think it's just the lighting. I moved my desk around. So I'm facing a white wall and uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, uh, I did some uh, in the world work uh, on Monday. And yes. um, it was, uh, I, I went to Huntington Beach to shoot something that'll be coming out in June. And you know, it's like that situation where you're like, oh, I feel totally prepared for this. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I probably got to see on that test. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I feel like there's, um, I need to rebuild confidence of being around other people. But I went to this studio space. It was so hot. Like I was doing drag. Like I had to like get dressed and like get in full geesh. And I just was, I was reminded about how like, uh, how hot drag really is. <laughs> like, and, uh, but then I came back and we did uh, what I hope is our final exclusive Zoom Learn the Words Bitch this week. That was so fun. Well, first um, of all, I have to ask you. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you a question about your public part because, you know, we were talking last week and I'm like still not fully ready to get out with the people, even though I'm vaccinated. Did you feel like there was a Band-Aid pull? Like, did you feel like this moment? Because I was talking with a girlfriend over the weekend who went to a, went to a party, who went to a small gathering that was a little larger than he expected. And he said it felt was really fun and felt really good to be around people again. I was like, I feel like I just, once that moment happens, you'll see me everywhere. But I'm really hesitant to get to that moment. I mean, it's nerve wracking because A, you've had this like virtual barrier between you and people this whole time. And so like being, um, it's one thing to be back in the, the presence of like your close friends and people that you know. It's another thing to be thrown into a group of strangers and uh, i mean i i've tried to be more active and more out there lately uh since getting my vaccine but i mean i have that apprehension and honestly i just have like i don't know if i've been acting like a legit human being for the past 14 months you know what i mean like i've been in my home by myself i i don't know if like maybe i've picked up ticks or quirks that i'm gonna be going out in the real world and be like why is Tony doing that thing with his face? You know, it's like, it's like one thing, one thing with my I've, face. I've definitely come across some people that definitely seem like they have lost their communication. Um, eye contact I, is so hard. And, and, you know, you know, I'm huge on eye contact, but I'm even finding myself struggling on eye contact because I'm used to just talking to like right now I'm making eye contact with you, but I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the camera. So that's kind of like where I am at now with humans. But it, I, I did feel a sense of relief and actually emotion knowing that Learn the Words bitch is going to be back in the public forum where it belongs in front of a live audience starting June 7th. So mm -hmm. I mean, on one end, I'm thrilled. On another end, I'm very insecure because who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? You know, we're all kind of like, it's like after the house gets dropped on that wicked witch and Wizard of Oz, all the, all the uh, munchkins are just walking out like, is there another house? I guess I'm waiting for the other house to drop. You know what I mean? It just it seems, it still seems very uh, unclear. Yeah. But I mean, things feel like things are working out here. We still, we yet, you know, this week we had zero deaths in Los Angeles.
Angeles due to COVID, which is incredible. But, you know, you turn on the news and you still see that everywhere else is seems to really still be having a hard time. So my friend in Portland is like, our restaurants are shut down again. So it's like, the, the thing is, is like, it's all, I feel like we're always going to be dealing, well, at least for a little while longer pockets all along the country, because there's just tons of people who don't want to get the vaccine. Did you know that in Florida, I saw people lining around uh, like blocks and blocks of streets to get a White Castle slider burger. And I was Did like, you see George Stephanopoulos laughing so hard at all those people that at, when he said that there was a 60 <laughs> slider minimum, because, you know, in his head, he was like, all of Florida is going to be shitting their pants. It's like these people are only allowed because that's what I was thinking. I was like, 60 <laughs> sliders is the fucking cap. The fuck who wants more than five? Who wants more than five fucking sliders? Here's the thing about butthole. Like, are you a fan of White Castle? Because like, honestly, I feel like there is such like, like the, the, the fantasy behind a White Castle (laughs) burger is, is just that a fantasy. I've never gone into a White Castle because I used to live by one up in, uh, um, Oh, I guess it was Edgewater. Yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, no, I know Edgewater. exactly which one you're talking about. I yeah. looked at that one as well. So I would walk there and I would be like, oh, I'm going to get one of these things. And it just tasted like I was eating a sponge. Um, I've actually, I mean, I shouldn't even say like, I've I've never eaten one. Um, I actually haven't eaten beef or pork since I was like 13 years old. So I've never really bought, I've never- I really think they have veggie sliders, don't they? Don't they have gross well, ass this, veggie I mean, sliders? I don't know. I can make it I that mean, up. This, all these plant-based things are relatively new within the last two years. And I've dead ass not been to a White Castle in two years. I'll fucking tell you that. Most of them for the longest time didn't. So, I mean, a lot of those, I've never really been to a Five Guys. They don't offer any options for me. Now, Five um, Guys is out, good though. Five Guys is uh, good. I could like, oh, but yeah, in, but, but, but you know, out, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, In-N-Out doesn't have, they have grilled cheeses that they put on fucking burger buns. I'm like, bitch, you can't even get some Wonder Bread to like, Make me a grilled cheese. You're gonna fat put on burger, a burger has bun. the impossible. So that's fat something. burger also has an incredible turkey burger. Oh, so I love oh. a fat burger. Yeah, fat burger. I do. Good. Umami burger has lots of different options as well. But that's so expensive. Like umami. I mean, expensive. that's a luxury. Burger yeah, that that's definitely that's like a, a, we're gonna go out fancy tonight. <laughs> oh, girl, we're gonna get truffle fries. Two orders for the table, bitch. I'm not sharing. <laughs> put on a button down, bitch. We're going out. We're going um, to mommy burger, baby. We're going to get sake and they sell it as vodka. Let's get nutty. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, guys. Uh, I'm very, we are very, I want to, first of all, I want to thank you, Maxwell, for, and I know I did last night at Learn the Words, but I, I, I need to keep doing it because I can't stress enough how the show dynamic Learn the Words pitch changed when you started doing the Zoom stuff. And I'm just ready to get us back out where people can actually give us face-to-face appreciation because we deserve it. We did a lot of work for a year, actually. We we did. And you know what? Special shout out to Sterling, who is a legend. Oh my God. The legend. I don't even understand. I mean, my poor sister, but she understood. I mean, yes. And Esposito still has not yet won Learn the Words, bitch. Gina was close over uh, this week, but we had... Uh, a young contestant who who found out about us by uh, IMHO, the show. And uh, so a 15-year-old won Learn the Words pitch. 
<laughs> just seriously i can't i mean i was talking to a friend about it today i was like but that was the point like i mean like that was supposed to be the magic of like what this digital experience for us was was that we were supposed to get people from all over the motherfucking world that yep. would never be in akbar yep. to see this show and yep. that was so amazing and she did not tell me during our tech rehearsal either and she you know it's funny you said she was scared because it makes sense she was very quick yeah. When we did our tech rehearsal. She did not really talk to me. She wasn't like, you know, because some of the girls really will sit and like, yeah, they want a key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, and she was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. totally she, know how to Zoom. Yep. She literally she was, she literally was like, um, yes, my parents think I'm studying. I have an early test in the morning, but I'm doing this instead. And I was like, work, bitch, which I know I should have been like, no, go study. But I was like, get it, girl, get it. I and I knew she was a child. I told Julian when I got off that call, I was like, I do not think she is old enough to be an Akbar. <laughs> it's like, I do not think that that girl is old enough to be in the, to, to be at the live show if we oh. were to be having it right now. Nope. She was like, Really? When I was like, 18, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no, the moment I saw her, I was like, That skin is wearable. Like, I, the moment I saw her, I was like, Oh. <laughs> Like <laughs> she, was, she was fully committed. So she committed. Was, I mean, she was she is the brand. Like yeah. she was like she performed Kesha, Your Love is my drug. She whipped that dumb little ponytail of hers around. She had she a was, high she, kick twice. Like, come yes, on, bitch. Come on, she bitch. She was feeding the gays. She saw that Erica J meme and she was like, that's gonna be me. I'm gonna give the gays everything they want. We lived, we laughed, we loved. Uh yes. Maxwell, let's take a break because when we come back. Um, our guest this week is actually a member of my original posse in Chicago and has gone on to become very successful. When we come back, my guest is Jim Glaub. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Do you want more Tony Soto? I completely understand. If you want more of me, tune into the Gay Power Half Hour available on iTunes, hosted by me, Tony Soto, and my good Judy, Casey Lai. It's 30 minutes of funny faggotry you won't want to miss. Check us out on iTunes, the Gay Power Half Hour. All right, we are back with the show. Now, listeners, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but years ago, I had a life in Chicago. It was a great life, an enjoyable life. And our guest today was one of the original four of my Chicago posse starting in 2002. And since then... I mean, I can't even tell you the successes that this man has seen. He is a social media maven, a marketing genius. He does things for Broadway and all kinds of promotional bullshit. He is so classy. He has over 365 brooches. That's the kind of life she lives. Jim Glaub, everybody. Jim Glaub. Oh, my God. This is so loud. <laughs> hi welcome oh my god hi how are you i'm so happy Great. to be here welcome it's so nice to meet you it's so nice to meet you honestly I, I i and this is a good meeting because i'm telling you i see the same amount of equal faggotry in maxwell esposito that i see in jim glaub and jim you ended up becoming a big success so, so see maxwell there's hope 
I love seeing other successful faggots. Yeah. <laughs> we don't I have love- many to look up to because we, you know, Tony is, Tony isn't there. So we gotta, we gotta find. I'm somebody. no role model, baby. I'm no you role know, model. And then the other, the other ones are like Andy Cohen and like, who wants to be that? Ugh, not even Andy Cohen yeah. wants to be Andy Cohen. He meant to me at a bar once. I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. I don't think he mean to be, meant to be, but. Did no. you say he was mean to you at a bar once? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he meant to be. He meant to be. Uh, oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah Jim, you kind of have that punchable face. You know what I mean? Like that kind of face that you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to kiss it or if I want to punch it. Um, Jim, you were one of the original homies of mine oh. when uh, I first moved to Chicago because yeah. we, you were randomly living with someone who I went to college with in central yeah. Illinois. It was such, it was such a weird small world moment. And I, and, and I loved you from then. Well, I think it was the, the, I got to see the birth of your drag persona. Like it was amazing to see that. I, I it, yeah, it had changed a lot over right. that time. <laughs> I hear but that. I mean, it was it was different back then. Like people had to use like you know beetles and like rocks to paint their face. Now people have to use that. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. I was like, how dare her? Yeah. But but no, seriously, I went to fucking uh, Walgreens to get my first amount of makeup when I started. Yeah. Days. I mean, yeah. Listen, Jim, you even dabbled in your cross-dressing moments back oh my in my youth. One of my- It was you that taught me, uh, like you dressed me up. Uh, I think it was um, I take no credit. Time. I take no credit for it. Wait, <laughs> you, did, you did me up a share once and I went to a share lookalike contest. Listen, this is amazing. I was, uh, I, there was a share lookalike contest. I was so poor. I was like, I need this money. It was like $500 at- what was it, Roscoe's or I can't even remember. And it was like a big night. Sidetrack. I, like, I think it was at Sidetrack. Sidetrack. I was like, I have to win. But it was a it was amazing. So I I, I think you did my makeup on that one. Anyway, we uh we, I, I did your makeup and I believe Lucy Wack duct taped your butt cheeks yeah. to fit in that chair outfit. Yeah, yeah. So we did it. I got there. And by the way, Chicago had a very famous share impersonator i like, think they still she, do i don't know if chicago yeah. share is still doing yeah, share, chicago, but share. chicago share was a known yeah entity so i get up there and i do if i could turn back time but i had all my friends there <laughs> and i won the contest thanks to Tony. <laughs> it was the best it was the best oh god i just i just remember after the first time i painted jim club's face he was so pretty like Aww. he was, he was, he was so pretty. And I was like, okay, you. my, my favorite story about a drag, uh, uh, venture that Jim did. I had this awful roommate and, uh, she decided to start dating this recovering heroin addict who was also awful. And we were having a party at my house and Jim and a couple of other people came over in makeshift drag, uh, like curtains for dresses. And now we had had a drag queen come to perform because it was like a going away party. Her name was Ambrosia that, Salad. That's and then, right. And then these hideous drag queens come in and completely steal Ambrosia Salad's thunder. And it was good. We had some time. Jim, you were on Price is Right, Jim. I've, had, I've led a life. I've led a life. I mean, it you was... played Plinko with Bob Barker. Who yep. can, There's not a lot of people that can say not... that, are, that are still living. 
No, and and one ten, what ten thousand dollars, and I spent yeah. spent it all in one month. You sure did. I mean, I got a little bit of that plinko money. Yeah. I was a big man. I was like, it's on Bob Marker. Come on, <laughs> everywhere we went, it was on Bob Barker. Man, now Jim, yeah, no wonder you're the so strippers, successful. This... You're very lucky. Jim, yeah. yeah, lucky. A lot of the strippers at the Lucky Horseshoe saw that money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, Paying listen, it forward. We love that here. Listen, yeah. it's, it's it's great that you bring uh, luck up, Maxwell, because honestly, that has been Jim Glaub's uh, narrative since as long as I've known him. He just has this air of fortune around him. It was either you were either going to become a huge success or you were going to go back to Missouri. And, <laughs> and you became a really like, tell people what you do exactly. Let us know what you do exactly. Well, I have two Two things. This, I have um, I have a company that is called Super Awesome Friends. We are a digital content marketing company for Broadway. So we work with several Broadway, off-Broadway live entertainment clients doing all of their social digital web, which is really fun. And it's been really hard, though, because there has been no Broadway for 18 months, and that has been ex exceptionally difficult. And then I also run a nonprofit called Miracle on 22nd Street, which uh, helps families in need every Christmas and uh, has been uh, is, is also going to be turned into a movie uh, for like for like 100 years, Jim. All right. I, I literally just I asked you on the show to ask you where that fucking movie is, because I'm telling you, you haven't lived in that New York apartment for almost a decade. It seems I like. know she look, Tina Fey is writing this movie and she still talks about it. She's like, we're doing this. It's happening. She like talks about it on the news. So it's, Tell people, it's give, give people a little backstory if they don't know. Yeah, so basically my uh, my partner then, uh, Dylan Parker, uh, was we lived in this apartment in Chelsea and we randomly got all these letters to Santa delivered to our apartment. And, you know, over the course of that Christmas, we got friends and family to take take the letters and answer the letters. And uh, meanwhile, um, my friend Sarah is a documentarian and, you know, I don't love the attention. I'm not a big attention person, but, you know, they followed us around with the camera and, uh, you know, it made it made it on the, the little feature made it onto the homepage of the New York Times. And uh, the story became this like thing that happens every year, you know, that uh, Tina Fey is like, I want to turn it into a movie. We have an non official nonprofit that helps uh, families in need every year. So last year we helped over 500 families in New York and we're trying to grow. It's very difficult because it's um, it's just a, a really hard thing because well, <laughs> you're dealing mean, with families and kids and absolutely, a lot of work. Absolutely. <laughs> well, nobody wants to help people doing good things, so. No. And we saw actually there is a there is a really funny episode of 30 Rock where Tina Fey actually yeah. tries to donate gifts and is doesn't think it's going to the right people. So she goes to make sure the kids know it was her <laughs> that got the <laughs> gift. So I hope that movie comes out because I feel like we've been talking about it for a long, 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 long time. I know. Uh, but let's get back Tina, to Broadway. if you're listening. But let's get back to Broadway because this is a big Broadway. thing. We we actually worked together also in Chicago at Broadway in Chicago. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, we uh, you that's kind of like where you got your fucking go. Um, yeah. Of, of really dealing with that. I remember we ran around the streets of downtown Chicago dressed up like Spamalot character. Oh my God, that's right. That's, that's a big deal. That was a big deal. Yeah, because Spamalot was like the first 
pre-Broadway, I think. Yeah. To come was to one Chicago. Of them. It was one of them. There was like the producers, Spam a lot. I think it was, was it the first? It might've been the first. I feel, oh. I, 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 I could be wrong, but I feel like it was some, cause it was like super major, but, major. but it was on the news today. Now, Maxwell, have you ever been to a Broadway show? Even like, like, uh, like, a, like a, a Broadway traveling show or anything like that? Have I been on one? No, to one. Have you seen a Broadway show? Yes, of course. In Chicago, yes. Not in New York. I've never been in New York. Anything, anything like uh, any of your favorites? Do you have any favorites? Um, I mean, I saw Wicked, which was incredible. <laughs> I saw. I, I want to jump. <laughs> I saw Jersey Boys, which I I did not like. <laughs> But I loved oh. Wicked. Did I mention I loved oh. Wicked? I'll Have I said uh, Wicked? Uh, uh, Wicked's, <laughs> Wicked's first, first, the worst. first act of Wicked is genius. The first act. Yeah, this is, yeah, we could have stopped there. And honestly, that was like five years of hell for me. But... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You were there when... Uh, I, didn't you like give a tour to Stephen Schwartz? I was there you, the like, whole time, girl. Yeah. I was there from the beginning. I Yes, I did a yeah. lot of things for that show. But yeah. uh, Broadway's in the news. They're saying September... Broadway is opening yeah. back up. Can you talk we about are, this? How are you feeling about this? I feel really good. I think in uh, May, we're going to see, right in the middle of May, we're going to see a few shows go on sale. And then one after another, a bunch of shows will start to announce that they're going on sale. Then what's going to be cool is that September will be a first round of shows, October, uh, November, and then December. They're going to do a staggered release of these uh, shows. Some because of avail, you know, some of these shows, like they have big stars in them or actors are like, they're like, bye, I'm going to Hollywood. <laughs> they're going, I'm going to go stay with Tony Soto in yeah. Silver Lake. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you're not wrong. There was kind of a migration depending on where work was yeah. for actors at the time. I mean, like, as, it's crazy because I don't think there's like a, we have Broadway traveling shows that come to LA, but I just don't know that this is an impactful theater town. So it's like, uh, I, I could just imagine that people here in LA see all these like New York theater actors coming and being like, oh my God, this is energy we've never experienced before. So yeah. I'm sure, you know what I mean? So I'm sure they're getting work out here and maybe New York's not on the mind to go back to. Is that something you're encountering, you think? I think so. And it's interesting, too, because I do think that L.A. is sort of an un... Everyone's always like, it's not a theater town, but some amazing shows have launched in L.A. Like, there's there's actually one that I cannot wait for you to see that was in London called Everybody's Talking About Jamie. It's going into the Center Theater Group uh, in... It's opening up... It's, I think it's one of the ones that are opening up the season. And it's all about a... Um, it's based on a true story where this kid wanted to go to prom dressed up as a woman... Uh, it's a drag queen and the school wouldn't let him and was like you can't you can't do that and it caused this big problem anyway the musical is so good I just absolutely love it I can't wait for you to see it well you know and also it's funny that you do say that because our mutual friend Adam Silver um, yeah. he, he's now living in the UK but when I moved he was the main reason I moved out to LA because he was he was like my wow. biggest champion to move out there. And when I came out, I was saying that he was doing really great theater here too. It's just not the focus, unfortunately. So so does this mean that you're getting back to work? Like what shows yeah. are you specifically working with? Can you so tell I, us that? Yeah, I'm working on, so I have several shows. The one um, pre-pandemic, I was working on several shows and a lot of them are coming back. Like uh, Girl from the North Country, the music based off of the uh, Bob Dylan music, so good. Tony, that is like, you're, you will love that show. 
company starring the one and only Patty Lapone and Katrina Link, which is so exciting. I can't uh, wait to see who Patty yells at in an audience again. You know what I mean? I can't wait. She's amazing. She is like, she is just a real, like, there's no one like her. I there's mean, no one like her. Listen, I don't know if I can stress how absolutely gay Jim Glaub is. Jim, have you, like, you have to be living some of your gayest, like, most treasured fantasies by meeting some of the people that you, oh my God. you've been meeting. Just the other day, I was literally filming Patti Lapone doing a musical number in her apartment, like, with just two other people. I was like, this is a little, my little 14-year-old gay version of myself, like, was, like, jumping up and down. I was like sitting there and I was like, God, I'm so hungry. And then I was like, I need to remember that I'm like in the room with like all these amazing stars and they're amazing. They're, yeah, we've been doing all these virtual shows and I've gotten to work with Sally Field and Brian Cranston and John Malkovich and Catherine Hahn. We just did a thing and we are about to do a play with Meryl Streep coming up, which I'm really excited did you, about. Did so. you ever fangirl out so badly for anybody like where it was just kind of weird? <laughs> you know, I'm not really celebrity fangirl. I am fangirly around like, business people tony who do you fangirl for have you ever fangirled for anybody i'm not a big celebrity but well i'm trying to think about why do you look like you know a specific story did i forget something no oh. i was just curious <laughs> i mean because i kind of feel the same i think sure. it's i just think that's such an interesting perspective especially being in la i feel like we see famous people all the time and they're it's like it sounds like like braggy but like it's not exciting to run into people at the supermarket you know what i mean like yeah. when you're like shopping produce i don't see them i don't care like i mean and plus you know you're watching your friends get successful as well because you know since being here i've had friends who were not famous who are now famous so it's like yeah. you know it's just one of those it's a pleasant ride but anyway i digress <laughs> do you have any friends that are that are now famous that are like kind of jerks <laughs> did it change them <laughs> Absolutely. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. And I will name names at some point. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have our listener questions of the week. We'll be right back. Tony Soto Show. All right. Now, listeners, you guessed it. We do these questions for you every goddamn week. So if you'd like your question right on this show, all you have to do is go to the TonySotoShow.com. That's it. It's right at the top. It says, leave a message for Tony. It comes straight to me. And if it's interesting enough, we'll read it on the show. So who's going to kick us off today? I'm going to do it, Tony. I'm going to do it. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So I'm really excited about this one because I need to follow up quickly with a quick story. Anyway, so Love this that. is from Lonnie. Hey, gang. Big fan of the show. I am a 40. I don't know. I'm, he probably probably isn't, Lonnie probably doesn't sound as gay as I, I do, but um, I am a 40 something with two kids and haven't seen their grandparents in a year. We are all finally vaccinated and got together. Now over the shutdown, my kids introduced me to pot edibles. I smoked once or twice in high school, but it was not good tasting in those days. Anyway, my kids were telling me my parents, my newfound stress reliever and my mom reminded me that I turned her in for smoking weed after a dare meeting when I was in the fourth grade. <gasps> so wild how they educated us to be narcs. Did you all do the dare program? <laughs> Jim, okay, what's your that. story? What's your story, Jim? Okay, so yes, I did the dare. I did the dare program and I remember two things. One, there was like a lot of songs and music around it. Like one, we had a rap. And I, I'm gonna play because it, it's still in my head, and it's. It, I know it. Like, I know it too. Drug abuse, 
Resistance education, drugs, abuse, resistance education, drugs. And then someone would jump in and be like, drugs, help us. Kids after drugs, right? I need some help. Wait, Tony, so you do drugs, abuse, drugs, abuse. Oh, oh, I got it. Okay, I got it. Okay. Okay, ready? Go. Drugs. Drugs. Abuse. Resistance. Education. Drugs. Abuse. Resistance. Education. Drugs. Abuse. Resistance. Education. Drugs. Abuse. That's not the DR song I remember. Okay, Max. Go, Maxwell. What's your? What's I'm much older than you, I think. <laughs> um, ours was. It was. We just spelled it. It was like D. I won't do drugs. A won't have an attitude. R, I will respect myself. E, I will educate you now. Yeah, well, at least it. we've learned that the D.A.R.E. program was an evolutionary program. Yeah. I, I remember yeah, I was really great. I was terribly competitive as a kid. And I remember I, I, was, I wasn't even a very good singer, but I really wanted to sing the lead song. And this, I remember I auditioned up against it to do the lead song for the D.A.R.E. Like we had a D.A.R.E. concert, like in front of the other schools, because I was a very theatery kid. And I remember it was um, Whitney Houston's, I believe that children are our future. And I love that so much. I was like, I want to sing that song, but I didn't get it. I think like Andrea, Brody did or something. I was <laughs> fucking bitch. Where's he now? You know, probably not with your curly mustache living in New York. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, I think like there was an elitist program though, because I, I, I don't have full memories of dare because I did choose drugs. Um, but, uh, I do remember there was a dare bear. Did you guys have a, it was a lion. Okay, so ours was a dare bear. Huh. And so dare was taught by a cop, a local pig from Clinton, Illinois, came in and started oinking all over the place, bringing this fucking dare bear. And I remember it was all the pretty girls and pretty boys who got to hold the fucking dare bear. I never got to hold the dare bear. I wanted to hold the dare bear as badly as you wanted to sing. I believe that children are our future. Oh, that's a dare. Okay, so oh wow! Oh, right. you're holding up a picture of the lion. Okay, that's not that. It's okay, not. but it's dare not. lion doesn't but sound as good as dare bear. It, dare in bear is good, opinion, in my opinion. But what I'm saying is, all I, I don't I really, know if there is a dare bear. All I really remember is the dare bear, and then I remember getting a worksheet with uh with all the drugs illustrated. <laughs> like little pills yeah and little it was a little joint with a smoky end i was like get out here that's the dare bear bitch that's the dare bear the right dare there bear. i wanted oh, to yeah. hold that fucker so bad i didn't get to hold that fucker okay i wanted the dare no, bear i needed to get There's clarification a- on this there is no such thing as the dare bear this is a stuffed bear in a dare t-shirt so your cop you- is a fraud <laughs> you learned that from a fraudulent oh, okay. cop first of all no here's, the say, here's the say a fucking crooked pig out of clinton illinois color, color my face shocked all right fuck those cops. <laughs> fuck those cops in the 90s all right those cops that was get- a that was a bad time to be that was a bad time to be you um, know I yeah. could never, I could never get the fucking uh, dare bear 
but the sheriff's daughter dies in a drunk driving accident and she gets a park. You know, it's just real fucking yeah. bullshit. But that was like a big deal. Like that was the time too, where especially back to their question, like if you narked on someone and like you had a little bit of something on you, you would go to jail. Like you would go straight to jail. And they wanted you to tell on your parents. They wanted you to, they were giving you, that's why they gave you pictures. So you knew what to be looking around for when your parents, you know, I mean, now... But, but then you wouldn't know because the weed was so bad, but it was. So anyway, anyway, uh, thank you for bringing us down that uh, memory lane, Lonnie. Uh, that was a little bit of trauma. So uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Thanks a lot, Lonnie. <laughs> Me. Me. Uh, Dan writes, hello, Tony Maxwell and guest. That's I was me. one. Yes, I was. Wait, did they the not many... write in Diana? No, oh, I just read her. I out know because... you. You omitted her. Okay, <laughs> I just wrote. She's not here. So. You're right. You're okay, right. You're right. You're right. I'll just, you're I'll where just is Diana? Where's um, Diana? That's none of your oh business. All right, she's coming back. She said she's coming back. She got. She couldn't take Tony asking her again on what she was doing, and she'd be like, "I got vaccinated," so she needed a day off. Yeah, she had to get. Was... She had to get some stories for next week. Yeah, because <laughs> we've asked her about for the last month, and I think it's been like, "I'm tired from vaccination one. I'm tired from vaccination two, and now it's like I'm outside at fish and chips." Okay, sorry. <laughs> Let me start over. I'll read Dan's question from the very very beginning, including all names. Okay, hello, Tony Maxwell, Diana. And guest, I was one of the many that settled in with a COVID boyfriend. We met the month into the pandemic and went full live-in commitment. He's great, but I am done. Not for any other reason than I am not the boyfriend type. The world is opening up and I am vaccinated. How do I do this in the least dramatic way? Mm-hmm. You reached out to the wrong group mm-hmm. of people. We are the most dramatic. You a dick. You a dick. You a dick. I'm sorry, Lido. No, listen. I don't think so. Nah, That's nah, probably nah. very... If you listen to the Tony Soto show, especially throughout the pandemic, you know that I have been... I was like, ain't no pandemic gonna force me into sharing a bed with no person because I'm not that kind of person. And then... These people who have my same frame of mind go and do the bullshit, and now they want to go and break somebody's heart. Ah, you better marry that motherfucker. You better marry him. You don't Wait, need to why marry did they him, move? <laughs> but the other person must have been feeling that way too. So, like, maybe they both feel it, and they just need someone to say it. So, so Tony, would you just say say it to them? Say that they need to end it. They don't need my permission. That uh, I mean, what did they even name them? What, what's her name? Dan. Dan. Dan's ready. Dan's ready. Dan's ready to go be a hoe again. And, and I listen, Dan. I respect you, but I wish that you would have. See, I guess I'm just mad because I forced celibacy on myself during this time. Because my thing is, it's like I'm not trying to share my space with folks, and yeah. I'll be goddamned. Also, if some LA faggot's gonna give me COVID, all right? I mean, I already got the HIV. I'm not trying to get every virus that comes out of the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. Well, my my advice, my advice to Dan, if not that he asked. Yeah, is, did you get a COVID boyfriend, Jim? Did you get a COVID? I was dating, I was definitely dating. You were dating during COVID? Like, what does this mean? Like Zoom dating? Were you doing Yeah, we would like go out on dates walking? and like walk down the street. Yeah, and like talk or not talk for hours. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Did you do smooches? Um, Did you do the sex with these, these fucking people? No, it was very, very 1950s. Everything was very like, it, it was just really nice. 
Yeah, it was nice to get to know people. It was wonderful, you know. Maxwell, Maxwell, what do you think Dan should do? Um, I mean, as a former not boyfriend person who is now wifed up the house down, um, I mean, maybe like have a conversation with them. I mean, maybe talk about opening up the relationship. I mean, obviously there was a something there. You moved in with them there. I mean, that's saying a lot that you like, I know the times were uncertain, but to be like, I'm moving in with you. I mean, there has to be some reason or perk. So, I mean, maybe don't necessarily uh, jump right into it, but maybe have a conversation with them first. But if you're really committed to your feelings, I mean, that's life. I mean, it's only been a year. I mean, it's not like, six years but how honest have you guys been in this relationship because like you were a hoe trying to settle down and like you ready to get right back on the hoe train like how much of you does this guy actually know like that's my question it's like how honest and upfront were you in the beginning because who knows this is the thing i need to know that other guy's narrative as well because maybe i mean maybe they didn't even talk about it yeah, very. I mean, people were grasping at straws. It was a different time. Think about how, where we were this time last year. We were fucking, we were thinking that we were all pariahs. We were like, oh, even if we're not sick, we're getting people sick. You know, it's like, anyway, well, good luck, Dan. Listen, I think. Follow up. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know what you do too, Dan, because look, I support you being a hoe. I just wish that, uh, that you would have just really stuck to your wholeness at the beginning because i kind of feel like you might not have been no you didn't forthright you would have been making fun of him for going on being a gay slut you well no no i'm saying i'm saying the I, beginning of the you're right i'm not condoning gay sluttiness i'm just saying don't shack up because you such because you need you need your dick touched so badly you know what i mean like you have two hands get <laughs> fucking creative get creative don't break a oh. heart because you a hoe. oh my god <laughs> Tony, can I read you this next question? It is so good. Does that mean I don't have to read? I'm happy. Oh, wait, do you want to read it? I doubt it all. I doubt it all. No, please. Read to me, Jim. This is from Bunked Up. Hey, humans. (laughs) My partner thought it would be funny to be real elaborate this April Fool's Day because boredom. They bought bump beds and replaced them with our California king. It was a fun prank and we had a good laugh. After we stopped laughing, I asked when they would change it. They said the next day, and we are now at the end of April, and we are still in the bunk beds. But we kind of like them now. And no more getting kicked at night, and our bedroom is bigger. All of our friends and family think we were dumb for wanting to keep the arrangement, so we decided to ask our favorite podcast hosts. Look, I, the best. I, I think I first of all love that story. Love. I want to know the brand. I want to know what kind of bunk. Where do you even get bunk beds? Like, is it like a kid store or is it like? Wh- I mean, can't you get anything Ikea. on Amazon? You can't. Yeah. Ikea? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they sell them everywhere. Just because you're not buying them doesn't mean they don't exist. Now I'm going to see them everywhere. Them. I mean, a you had a California king, so humble brag on your part. Well done. You had a large bed to begin, so well done on that. Um, congrats to your partner for like really going for it and doing a prank that is actually funny. You know what I mean? Like no funny. one got hurt. Uh, it's a good laugh and you got a bigger bedroom out of it. Here's my thing. I always say if I was ever to be in a relationship, I would have to have a two bedroom because I'm not trying to sleep next to you every night of my life. And because people, I think that if you have lived a full day, 
You are entitled to sleep as ugly as you want. It is your right as a human who has survived another day. You can be, but I don't want to be next to you while you ugly sleep and hear your nonsense coming out of your body when you don't have control of it. So two bedrooms is my fucking, I'll get in a relationship. But this is even, this is, this is almost to it. So you're almost there, but like, yeah, you're not kicking each other. This is cute. Bunk beds, Jim, what do you think? Bunk beds? I don't know about bunk beds, but I like your, I like your idea of the two bedrooms. That's, that's actually really, I really like that. Oh, see, that's because Jim's got money. Jim's like, I'll never get a bunk bed, but I could get a two bedroom. Yeah. But it's kind of like, you know, the, like in television shows, they had like the two beds, in older TV shows, you know, it's like they were never in the same bed. I was like, maybe they had it right. There was something to be said about the prudishness of the 40s and the 50s at times. I'm just saying, because you know, the thing is, it's like all you had to do is push those together to get Buck Wild. I mean, yeah. and, and and honestly, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I prefer to sleep alone. Now, Maxwell, you boot up, you in love, you want to be as close to your man as you possibly can. Good old Taco Bay. Uh, yes. But what do you yep. think about bunk beds? Is that an idea? I mean, I think that you should do whatever the hell makes you happy and makes your life, your relationship uh, flourish and fuck the haters. I mean, it sounds like you guys have a unconventional relationship and I love to hear it. I could not imagine not sleeping with Taco Bay. That would be so weird. But we're also very little people. So like this queen size bed for us is like an ocean. Uh, it's like we can like literally sleep on Wait, other sides. How tall like, are you? Um, I'm five seven. How tall is he? Five six. Oh my God, they're little puppies. Oh, they're just little guys, just little little oh guys God. trying Tony to make it like, in the world and not get Tony's punched. Tony's six three. I'm six three. Aren't you six three, Tony? Yeah. You're six four. Six three. Six yeah. three. Six three. Yep. Six three. Yeah, I'm six three. Yeah. Get, Mark, it, get in here. Maxwell's just a uh, Maxwell's just a little guy trying not to get punched in the face on the daily and. Uh, <laughs> True, actually. You really love to bring that up. You weren't kidding when you mentioned that a couple weeks ago. One of my favorite stories. Next to one of my favorite wedding stories being Jim's. Um, Jim Glaub, <laughs> did you have fun on the Tony Soto show today? I, this is the most fun I, I, I've had on a press interview in 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 just days. In See, days. You hear that, baby? Press interview. <laughs> Jim, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Um, I've recently kicked off uh, and and popping on TikTok, so you can follow at Super Awesome Friends on TikTok. Can I ask and you what you mean by popping off on TikTok? Like, what is I don't know. It's like I think I've it's seen your videos, there. and I'm like, this is a niche group. It's very niche. It's very niche. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, but well, whatever. Kind of, kind of grown a following. I don't know what they're following. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm uh, Jim Glaub on Instagram. But and if you want to learn more about the nonprofit, visit us at MiracleOn26thStreet.com and sign up to be an elf this year. It'll be great. Yeah, be an elf. Give uh, presents to some kids who can't get presents. Uh, Maxwell. Yeah. You can listen to Grant Vanderbilt from the House of Avalon on this week's episode of Wanna Be On Top. And you can listen to that wherever you stream podcasts. You can also catch up with me on Instagram and talk to me about cookies on my Twitter at Max Westbazito, me underscore LGBTina. I'm around, I'm doing things. And if you like the Tony Soto Show, please go to our iTunes page and subscribe to it. Rate the show. Leave a comment. We're very appreciative of that. I also do the Gay Power Half Hour every week with my good Judy Casey Lai. So tune into that anywhere podcasts are streamed. I am the Tony Soto Show on literally everything. Yes.
You forgot our pay. We're going to be on Patreon. So yes, tune in tonight for uh, our uh, recap of all of season one of Legendary. And then so we're going to be coming back the next week with our recap for season two of Legendary on HBO Max. So watch that with us, please, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Tony Soto Show. Only $5 a month. That's it. We'll be back next week. Guys, next week we have Sadie Pines back on the show. So uh, we'll catch up with that fucking clown. See what she's up to. All right. Till then. Bye. Bye. Bye.